Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and I got my co-host alongside me, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting. How you doing tonight, Elliot? I'm doing pretty good. Not as good as last week, because this weekend did not turn out as I had hoped that it would. And I'm worried about next weekend, so... Normally, if I, if I like coming off a good hunt weekend and going into another hunt weekend, I think it's going to be good. It's like, ah, man, I'm, I'm like, I have this adrenaline rush the whole week. I'm kind of, I kind of felt like a baby last night because <laughs> it's like my video didn't do as well as I thought it would. I just came off these skunks. I, I just was thinking this next weekend's going to suck. And so I'm starting like feeling all like moping around and I'm like, God, fuck up. That's pathetic, man. You little baby. <laughs> talk about being weak-minded come on man <laughs> you've had a great year it's hunting season come on suck I it up you, I, I, was, I was i was moping around <laughs> i thought you weren't kill dependent hello uh, did i lose you there yeah i'm here i was trying i'm here i was just processing <laughs> no well i had I'll tell you, I had a lot of fun this weekend, but I want, I like to shoot birds and I, I absolutely enjoyed these, these two hunts last week. I very much was not kill dependent on these hunts. I really, I really wasn't to a, to a level that, um, I hadn't been for a while, but that doesn't mean I don't want to kill birds. I mean, yeah. when I'm looking into yeah. a hunt, I want to kill birds, but I had, I had a phenomenal two for as far as skunks go. I had as much fun as I could possibly have on these two hunts without, without a doubt. Mm. Well, but I was pouting. That's good news. <laughs> um, did you yeah. watch that? Did you watch that video? I, I by chance, not. you know what? I have to admit, I, I have not yet, but I definitely will. For a, for a skunk hunt, it's a pretty good one. I'm telling yeah. you, it's it's worth watching for a skunk hunt. That's as good as a skunk hunt video as I can possibly put out. Well, Thomas. Thomas said, of all the flyways guys, Elliot is the best at putting out skunk hunt videos. So um, he's not here. I'm sure he doesn't mind me repeating what he said. But so he's he's yeah. he's watched it and, and he kind of that was his take on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can just you know I just I just uh, tease my dad a lot and video it and it makes it pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we did have some really funny interactions. The, the interactions between my dad and I this year, I really, really enjoyed. And 10, 15 years down the road, I'm going to enjoy them even more because um, it's just I've, I've gotten lots of comments on it. It's just kind of been his and my banter has kind of been a focal point on a lot of the videos. And I just ah, I just love it. I just love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, to looking at that and um, you know I think Thomas is right you definitely have a, a knack for storytelling and and getting those good interactions on film and, and putting it out there so you know keep on doing what you're doing we'll go in a little bit more detail here but um, first I need to rib at Matt a little bit more and, and say that I, I figured he'd probably be the best at at doing it since he has the most practice at skunk hunt videos but um, <laughs> but you know I'm that's not the case so <laughs> 
He is not having his normal teal season. I'll say that. He is not having his normal teal season. He's struggling. Yeah. Seems pretty Not skunks, but I mean, he's struggling. I don't think so. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, let's go ahead and uh, leave that little Easter egg for Matt there and go on to the main topic of the hunt, I think, or the <laughs> the hunt, the podcast. So uh, if you guys can't tell, today's episode is going to be a little hunt update. Elliot and I are going to go over um, our hunts from the weekend and um, let you guys kind of follow along for the journey. So actually both of our videos, I think our videos are out on YouTube for both of these, right? Are your... Yeah, uh, not uh, my second one posts tomorrow. Okay. I just finished it t- tonight, and it posts tomorrow. It's my it's a solo hunt, which is a very unusual solo hunt, and yeah, it posts tomorrow. Yep. Okay. Cool. And that'll be out by the time the podcast is out. So um, mm-hmm. you guys yeah. can see all these over there on on the old YouTube. And uh, but before before we jump into um, the main part of the podcast, let's go ahead and get a get a quick word from our partners. So first off, I'd like to thank our newest partner for the podcast, um, Onyx. And guys, we're definitely both super excited about getting these guys on for partner of the podcast. Um, I've been a big Onyx user for a while, um, you know, from dropping pins to finding property lines and, and who owns property. So if you guys follow the YouTube channel, you guys saw my opening day dove hunt. And honestly, Onyx was the MVP there because I was driving by a field um on my way somewhere else, and I see all these doves sitting there on the power line on a freshly cut silage field, and I was able to quickly pull up Onyx, um, tap right on there, and it gives you the tax information for the owner. So I was able to go find the owner of the field and get permission literally the night before the hunt, and in the morning uh, we were shitting, shooting limits of doves. So uh, definitely MVP on that. Um, so definitely check out Onyx. Guys, you can find them on a website if you're doing it PC. Uh, onxmaps.com um, but most of you guys on your phone will be checking them out through the app you know apple store or uh, google google store whatever android people use i don't even know but <laughs> and you can find the onyx app there um so definitely check those guys out uh a big big shout out to them all right i'm going to talk to you guys about htr innovations and a product that i got to use this weekend on my solo hunt for the first time and well it's a new and improved it's the uh layout lounge and i had the original version and man i've talked about that product so many times but this one is a new and improved version of it it's a little shorter a little thinner down by the legs and it actually folds up and snaps and the great thing about this product if you are a layout boat hunter or if you're a field hunter that has a layout blind this is what you want down in that cockpit of your kayak or your layout boat down in that cockpit of your field layout blind, because it is so comfortable and it actually is somewhat adjustable. So that if you want to sit up and have your lunch, you can sit up tall or if you're teal hunting as we sit up tall, if you're hunting mallards, you can back it down low and lay flat. I just rave about this product because never again. And I haven't in the past, I don't know, three years, Will I get into that kayak during a during a waterfowl hunt where I don't have an HTR layout lounge? So um, you can see this in in my videos, or you can just you know go over to htrinnovations.com and check that product out. Promo code is duckgun10, ten percent off and free shipping. They've got other products over there too, but I just can't stop talking about that one. <laughs> awesome. Also, we'd like to thank Gunner Kennels, American-made dog box. It's 
double wall roto molded five star crash test rating um it's perfect for trips and i'm getting into that part of my season where i'm doing the chasing the opener tour and you know it gives me peace of mind having chief in the back of the truck and he's out there in the gunner kennel um and safe and sound we put a lot of time and investment into our dogs um and we don't want nothing to happen to our hunting companion man's best friend so he's riding out there in the in the tank of dog kennels um and it's it's really a once in a, a once per lifetime um purchase on these cuz these things are built to last uh use code duckgun10 duckgun space 10 for checkout or for 10% off at checkout on your next order of gunner kennels Hey right, guys if you hate jerk rigs because they're always under your feet and sucks to put them out and it sucks to wrap them back up and your dog's getting tangled in them, but you want that motion, you need to get the motion duck decoy spreader system. In fact, the next podcast we record after this, we are having Tom on who's the owner, one of the owners of motion duck decoys. We're going to talk all about it, but this is a fantastic system. It it, it is way better than your jerk rig. Um, You can do a four or seven duck decoy spreader. It's got lifelike motion. Sets up and puts away in seconds. You're not going to have any tangle issue. And it just looks like a flock instead of a straight line. It's just so superior to a jerk rig. It's absolutely superior to that. The product code is um, no spaces, duck gun 2020 for 10% off free shipping and a free anchor bag. Um, if, you, if you're not sure about what I'm talking about, just get on and, and Google and, and search motion duck decoy spreader and take a look at some of those videos and you'll be heading right to that website. Um, and, and picking yourself one up, but I think it's motionducks.com. Isn't that correct, Jordan? Yep. Okay. Also like to give a big thanks out to bandit Avery and Greenhead gear. Um, and Elliot and I have been using their products for the last year. Uh, definitely, uh, excited about having them on as a partner. Um, you know, one of my favorite products for them is the hard shell backpack, uh, you know, I had never really used a backpack for my decoy or not decoy, but blind bag up until then, but there's no going back for me on that. Um, it's got a upper compartment and a lower compartment, um, you know, lots of side pockets and just, just a really great way to organize your gear. Not only that, but wearing the backpack, it's so much easier to haul in everything we need. And we, you know, Elliot and I, we both need a lot of stuff. Maybe we don't need, but <laughs> we bring it. Want. Um, we want a lot of stuff. I actually did my blind bag uh review video or blind not review video blind bag dump video whatever you want to call it uh, over on youtube and one of the comments was um someone said that i wasn't hauling all that crap out there and i'm like well yeah i am and you know uh (laughs) and (laughs) having that backpack is you know key to that um you know getting getting the more space so definitely check out all the gear they have over there bandit avery greenhead gear um and you can find all of their stuff over at banded.com and did you did you have your cameras in that as well, or do you have a separate bag for your cameras and stuff? <laughs> I use a separate bag for the cameras at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that little banded bag. I don't know what the name of it is. I don't know if you have one or not, but there's a little banded bag that is just perfect for all my camera stuff. I put three cameras in it at all, but it's small. I, I need to – next time we do it, I need to get and see what the name of that pack is because it is fantastic for all camera kind of stuff. Awesome. Is there another one? Yeah, you got one more. Oh, which one is it? I, I thought I forgot. Uh, finisher. 
Finisher. All right, Finisher. Um, I was actually on the side trying to record my Freelance Hunt Stats data. So if you haven't been hearing clicks, because I hadn't done that yet. So I, oh man, I'm going to be in trouble after this podcast with Jordan. Looks like I'm going to get a good tongue lashing. Anyway, Finisher, guys. It is a fantastic little tool. It is just what it says for finishing your cripple bird. There's so many people that just don't quite properly know how to efficiently um, dispatch of a bird. And this finisher just takes care of that. You can just put it right on your lanyard. You get a bird, just a little insert, and it's over quick and fast. We need to respect the game that we harvest and dispatch them quickly. And this is the best way to do it. The website is adrenal-line.com. The product code is duckgun15. It's just a fantastic little product. If you haven't heard of it, you haven't seen it, look into it. It's certainly something to have on your lanyard. Awesome. <clears throat> All right, let's go ahead and jump into um, today's podcast. All righty, so um, we're going to be talking about our hunt updates for the weekend. Um, you know what, Elliot, how about you go ahead and take lead on, on um, talking about your hunts? Okay, you want me to talk about both of them? Well, I guess we we can split it up. That's fine. Yeah, let's let's split it up. Let's split it up. Okay. So the first one, um, we were hunting back more in our local area, and this is still teal season, and we were coming off four straight hunts with four straight limits, and and I was feeling pretty optimistic about these hunts because every time we had been scouting since mid to late August, and every single time out, I had seen teal, things looked great, I had lots of viable places, and and midweek, I started getting reports that um, friends and that were scouting or going out hunting. It's like not seeing any birds, not shooting anything, not seeing any birds. And so I still I had this this one place in mind where we had to use the big boat, and we and it doesn't get hunted that much, and it's mud flats. And three weeks prior, I had a friend go out there before the cold front, and he had sent me video of just flocks on flocks of teal everywhere. And so that was the game plan: is to go to that spot, um, and. I got a call from my buddy, Jason. He's like, man, I went out there tonight and, um, I, I was out there just setting up a blind and, and 45 minutes he was out there. He's like, I did not see a single teal, not a single one. And this was right after I'd gotten several other reports from other guys saying no ducks, no ducks, no ducks, um, where we were on the Kansas opener, which is teal heaven. I was getting reports from out there of not necessarily no ducks, but very limited ducks. And people were averaging about two ducks a hunt. And, and so I was just like, Oh man, not good. So we, we, we had, um, we had our big boat all hooked up. I mean, this was like Friday night I was getting these reports. So we had everything all hooked up, ready to roll. And I actually was out on a date night with my wife and I'm getting these, I actually got in trouble by the way I blew it. I tried to set up this whole weekend. I, I wanted to spend this time with my wife cause I'd been hunting so much and everything. So I'm like, we're going to do date night, Friday, date night, Saturday with friends. And, and then I'm going to do these two hunts and everything. And I was all excited about it. Well, I was getting a lot of the scouting information while my wife and I were at dinner. And, um, let's just say the amount of time I was texting on my phone didn't go over very well. Um, cause when I, when I got home, it was actually pretty funny. When I got home, um, I went I went up to kiss her, and she just like grabbed her phone and started looking at it and put it like right in front, right in front of my face. And uh, I was like, "What was the problem?" And she's like, uh, "Oh, nothing. I'm just looking on my phone, like you were the whole dinner." And so, needless to say, the kissing didn't take place. 
Um, so, but that was when I was getting all this information about, you know, so I was needing to change plans. I was texting my dad and I was texting multiple people just to try to get all the information together. So we had to completely switch gears and unhook the big boat, put three kayaks on the truck. And, and cause we just completely flipped a switch and went to the second place. Now I was excited about going to this place because it's, it's beautiful and I'd really wanted to see it last time I'd been in there. There was a bunch of wild millet. So I was thinking, okay, I don't think we're going to shoot many birds. So I want to, this is a beautiful spot. I want to make a fire. I want to have some soup. I want to scout this area for bigger duck season. And so my, my, my expectations were really, really low. And so I went in there and even on the front side of this video, I said, I'm looking for the experience of this hunt. I figured we would get a couple good passes every now and then, you know, in that situation, a, a amazing hunt will break out. But I, the first four hunts were so, especially the first three hunts is teal hunts can be so chaotic that you never get a chance to breathe. What I love about late, later season, big duck hunts, mallard hunts is they're never, I mean, they're hardly ever done in the first 45 minutes, the first hour. I mean, I love a mallard hunt that ends at about 10 o'clock, nine 30 to 10 o'clock where, you know, you get a beautiful pass finish and um, then you have some coffee, you celebrate, you think about it and about 15, 20 more minutes there, you got another pass coming in. You know, it's like a, it's like a drawn out thing that really maximizes the experience of the whole hunt. And so with these teal hunts, um, especially the first three, they're just so fast and, I, and they're fun. I love them like that. But I was thinking in my mind on this hunt, this fifth hunt, I just want to soak it in and enjoy it. So we got to the spot and we've got to do a kayak portage down a hill. And we were taking a friend of mine. I actually, he's the associate pastor at my church and I'd never even hung out with him before. Um, but so we were dragging our kayaks down, a, down a pretty steep hill, putting them on a marsh and paddling in the dark, which night paddles, especially on a, a starry night are just incredible. And, and we, when we do that, we try to turn off our lights. And so we paddled in there and there was owls, making noise. And it was just a really, really wonderful, wonderful setup. And I got back in there. The water was a little less than it had been, but I found, and this is a really interesting part of the video. I think teal love mud flats and they love little insects and bugs. And man, I found this little corner open pool and the insects in this little hole were unbelievable. I mean, there were so many of them. And there was all these little white feathers back in there. And I'm like, oh, I bet these are teal feathers. And so I started to get a lot more optimistic about the hunt. So we set up and um, shooting time came. And if you don't even hear any teal by shooting time, normally, normally speaking, you're looking for a real slow hunt. If you don't see any teal by sunrise, which is a half an hour after shooting time, I mean, at that point, you're like, well, maybe we'll get lucky and a single or something will pop in here, but you know, you're pretty much screwed. Um, so, and that, and that was the case, just nothing showed up, but right about sunrise, all of a sudden pelicans started coming into this marsh and this, this marsh is kind of open without a lot of vegetation and it's, it's not small. It's not small. And I'm telling you, Jordan, I'm guessing somewhere between three to 5,000. You, you got to watch this video. Just, just at least watch the intro. Three to 5,000 pelicans came coasting down into this marsh. And first they were about half mile away from us, but there were so many of them. Eventually they started getting up and flying within a hundred yards of us. And it was just wave after wave after wave after wave of pelicans. I mean, I've, I'm always around pelicans this time of year. Cause this is when they migrate through the state, 
but there's only been one other time in my life that was any, anything even close to this. It got to the point. I remember saying, cause the Pelicans were so close to us and there's so many of them. I was like, you know, if a single or a couple of teal landed right now, I didn't think I would shoot because what we're seeing with these Pelicans is just so spectacular and so rare that we were just fully enjoying it. And we sat and just watched Pelicans for a long time. Um, and just got to know Keith, the associate pastor and joked around and, and I was making some wisecracks about him hitting on my mom, <laughs> which I thought were pretty funny. Um, cause he's the associate pastor. Right. Uh, but, um, and then we built a fire and I had my first can of Shepware D of the year and we stayed in there until about eight forty-five, And then we explored, there's some of this complex where it's basically an old oxbow that I hadn't explored in about five years. So we went and explored some of these areas that I hadn't seen in five years. And, and it was just fantastic. I mean, no one, we didn't shoot it. We didn't even pull the trigger. We had two green wings that were kind of interested in us, um, but didn't come in, but it was just a wonderful, wonderful morning. It, it, like I said, it's about, uh, it's about as enjoyable of a skunk hunt as you could, as you can get. And it, it made me feel good because since I started freelance duck hunting, the desire, the, the pressure to shoot birds, to keep people entertained and keep the views coming and everything is more than what I want it to be. I, I want to be to where I'm like, you know what, who cares? It, you know, but it's like, we're pushing hard on, on, on all this stuff. And so it makes the drive to shoot boards a lot more intense than it was for me six, seven years ago. So it was just really great for me to be able to fully embrace the experience of it. And it was just super enjoyable. Awesome. It definitely sounds like a, you know, a fun time out there. And that's kind of, you know, what we say, it's not all about the, the birds. Um, you know, it's a big part of it, but it's not all about that. You know, it's about getting mm-hmm. out there and enjoying time with buddies and making new friends. And, um, you know, and, and two part of it is seeing just the marsh come alive and, yeah, you know, definitely sights and and things that we're not going to see in today's, you know, today's time where there's just no reason really for people to go out into the marsh in the middle of the night or watch it wake up. But as as a duck hunter, you know, it's really cool um, and really, you know, enjoyable to have those experiences. Yeah, and we didn't see any other hunters the whole day. And probably because there's no teal in there, but having these public places to yourself and feeling like, you know, if I didn't have a cell phone, nobody would be able to contact me or quickly get to me. And I like that feeling. I know at times if there was an emergency, it wouldn't be a good thing, but that <laughs> feeling of total isolation is just wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump to mine and mine's kind of all linked together even though it's like three separate events. So I think let's just combine mine right here in the center um, and, and talk through through my weekend. So um, this weekend was my last weekend of the early season is what I'm going to call it. Even though early season's still going on, it's my last weekend of the early season. Um, and so I hit it up going up to Michigan, and it was the youth, the youth opener um and goose season was still going on up there um so uh went up there with with the kevins from michigan and uh kevin's son was coming um he last year he shot his first goose on a hunt i was on and this year he was going for his first duck on the opener so we get out there and and we take the boat and just i guess just a little update in the boat still 
still having that grinding issue, even after the video where um, we went through there and, and kind of uh, uh, took it apart, cleaned it up, and, and put it back together. So um, I ordered some parts. I think that issue is going to be gone after I um, do kind of a, a rebuild on um, the bearings and, and the shafts and all that. So uh, that's where we're at in the boat. But we took that for that, um, that portion of the hunt, too. And uh, it was just super, super foggy. Um, like so foggy that it's like you could barely see the decoys <laughs> and it just, it stayed like that all morning. So, um, needless to say, I don't know if you've ever had success on a foggy day like that. Um, but I have, Oh yeah. Lots, lots of success. Really? Okay. You, um, when it, when it clears off, when it burns off it, they could fly like crazy. Huh? Well, on this hunt, we didn't have success. There was some geese that flew, um and we even had we had one one flock that maybe thought about it but uh they didn't didn't get any closer in like 70 yards um and i don't even think it was a full flock i'm trying to remember i think it was uh a pair but uh besides that like when it was super foggy we even heard some wood ducks here and there um but nothing worked to our set at all which you know i was really hoping uh for um for kev's son that that we could get some birds in there on, on his uh uh, early season opener but you know that being said um there just wasn't a lot happening that morning pretty poor flight and we got skunked so um what but, was their scout like the day before had they had there been a lot of birds in that area um no i mean there there just hadn't been a ton um in the area mm-hmm. right now i guess this time of this time of the season there's just not a, a whole lot in the area so i think there there might have been you know some other areas that that could have been more productive um, but kind of that being said, they went to an evening spot, um, and, and he was able to get his first duck. So, Oh, um, good. Good yeah. deal. So he, he still, Zach was still successful, um, in getting some birds on youth opener. Um, and I think Kevin's, uh, one of the Kevin's or maybe both of them, man, that always trips me up since they're both Kevin, but <laughs> you just need to find the better middle name, find which one has the cooler or dumber middle name and use that. <laughs> yeah. So they got some geese as well. Um, but by that time, so after, after the skunk, I uh, dropped my boat off at Kevin's and uh, headed up up north for my annual salmon fishing trip. Um, one of my favorite trips of the year, especially in like a non-waterfowl hunt. Um, there's just king salmon up in the river. It's just so cool seeing literal ocean fish and knee-deep water or less, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Yeah, I love those videos. Went up there for that, and, um, you know, I was hearing hearing uh, kind of, I guess, people's results of, of people catching fish, um, you know, and I've caught, I've caught fish earlier in the month than this up there, um, but it just, the run just didn't really seem to be on. I don't know if it's just going to be a slower year, uh, just a, a smaller run or if I just went too early. So it's, it's hard to tell at this point. Um, but you know, I, I did have a couple hookups. Um, one looked pretty promising and then the fish just spit the hook like right away. Um, and then another one I hooked up and if you've ever fished for King salmon, I mean, it's just, like I said, it's an ocean fish. They're built to run upstream and literally jump and swim up waterfalls. Um, so these fish are super powerful. So I hooked into one, and it, you know, all but spooled me going up the river. Um, I got back, caught up with it, and it wrapped me around a tree that was in the water. Um, 
And as soon as I freed it from that tree, it just zipped off again. And when I freed it, the line actually doubled around my fishing pool. Um, and it pulled out the last um, sleeve or section of the, the fishing pool. So after it did that, I had nothing to kind of torque it and stop it from, from uh, you know, running. And it just broke me off. So, <laughs> Did you get that portion of it on video? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but oh, I gotta that watch video. that. I, I love your salmon fishing videos. Yeah, we gotta get you up for it sometime. It's it's really is um, some of the most beautiful country. And luckily for me out there, uh, if you go and know the right places, you can get out where um, there's not a lot of people, which is really really hard to do for like uh, Michigan steelhead or salmon. To be honest, um, it's probably mm-hmm. that way. You know, anywhere. But you know, people flock to the rivers when these huge fish come in there. Um, so I'll do anything I can to kind of get to a spot where you get a little bit of the river to yourself. So, yeah, it's definitely want to do that sometime. What, what <coughs> you can't salmon fish in the spring, but you can do trout in the spring, right? Yeah, you can do trout. I mean, you could do trout, um, from like the spring to, uh, early fall. Like that kind of ends right about now. <clears throat> Excuse me. got to clear my throat here, but, um, yeah, so you can, you can do that. Um, but yeah, yeah, the, the salmon, salmon season is the prime for it. So uh, unfortunately mm-hmm. it's during your till season, but maybe some year we'll get you out for, uh, a steelhead, a steelhead trip. Yeah, I would like that. So, um, kind of, you know, kind of to step a, a little bit back on my timeline for the weekend. Um, so, so far I had two skunks out of the, the things I tried to do. Um, for the weekend, but on my way up there, I saw this, um, like marshy farm pond, uh, and it had some geese on it. And so I actually stopped, um, real quick, whipped my phone up on X, got permission, uh, or got location for the farmer and got permission. So he actually took my number down. He had to think about it and it wasn't really a farmer, just a landowner that had property there. Um, but he took my number down and said, he'd let me know that evening. So, um, that evening he said, yeah, sure. Go for it. Told me where to park. And you know, the fishing was just not going great. Um, I had my gun and blind bag. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to get after these birds. So when I got that text message from him, it was almost sunset. So I, I packed up as quick as I could off the river and drove out there back to, to where the pond was at. And by the time I got there, it was almost, almost dark, just enough where I could see on the water. So I sat there on the road and glassed out there. I wanted to make sure the geese weren't roosting on this pond. Um, so all was clear. And like I said, all I had was my gun and my blind bag. So um, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I could just sit in the reeds and call and hope for the best. I'm like, nah, um, I'm, I'm going all out. I'm going to make sure I have a good hunt. And so I, I uh, raced over to the nearest sporting goods store, which happened to be Dunham's and got a four pack of, of uh flambo goose uh decoys <laughs> so <laughs> um you know I, I was definitely going all out for that and, and um so i got that and then i found a hotel because i'm out in the middle of of nowhere so you know found a, a quality hotel um which you know or qual- quality in i think it's what they're called which if you ever been to one maybe maybe it's not universal but this one wasn't very quality <laughs> <laughs> So it's um, sarcastic, a sarcastic hotel name. Yeah. I was definitely sketched out when I'm sitting there and like, um, 
you like look around like yeah it's just uh it was a little bit i felt a little sketchy there so (laughs) but uh so how far are you away from home at this point out of curiosity like three four hours yeah i was good three hours away okay so um yeah so i i I sleep like a baby overnight wake up i can't remember like 4 30 or 5 o'clock um pack up from there get in the truck and uh, me and Chief go out there to the farm pond. I was I was super stoked at that point because I felt like I was going to have a really good hunt. You know, seeing all, all the geese out there the day before. Um, it was one o'clock when I scouted the first time. Saw the geese out there. Went there last light. No geese on on the pond. Um, so I get out there. I throw the decoys out. Um, set up in the reeds. And again, it's like a super foggy morning. And I don't know if it's like uh, the we had like somewhat of like a cold front come through. So the air temperature is pretty cool. And, um, you know, I don't know if that's what's causing the, the fog or, or whatnot, but, um, so a bunch of fog on the water and it's probably, probably 45 minutes to an hour after shooting light. And all of a sudden I hear some geese start honking and I still can't see them cause it's so foggy on the water. Um, uh, but, um, a big flock of geese picks up off the pond and they're roosting there the whole time. <laughs> so, oh man, yeah. How big they, of a pond was it? You didn't even scare them off there when you were going in. It must've been decent sized. Yeah, it, it's not like a small pond by any stretch. Um, it was big enough that like I couldn't see to the back from where it was at. It had like little fingers in it. It was really really cool. I'm hoping that I can get permission again from the farmer to hunt on it. Not gonna lie. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it was super cool little pond. Um, but yeah, my heart sunk when those geese picked up, and I was like, dang it, they were roosting yeah. here the whole time. Because at that point, you know, you're hoping you're like, okay, they're here at one, so they're probably here. You know, if they're coming to a pond, like a day pond, most of the time, I think they're there by, like, at the latest, like, 1045, um, mm-hmm. something like that. So that's kind of what I was hoping for. Um, but I stuck it out all the way to 11. I did see a couple groups, a few groups come by over top, but they just kind of checked me out because I was calling and had decoys, but they really weren't interested in dropping in there, you know, at all. They kind of would, you know, look. You could tell they're looking. Um, but there wasn't any kind of indicator of body motion that they even considered landing there. So, um, yeah. Uh, so I went all out, like I said, probably the most expensive skunk I've ever had, getting a hotel, buying new decoys just to go out there and sit and, you know, watch some, some geese fly. But, uh, you know, uh, it was definitely the whole weekend, all things considered, with the three skunks. I mean, definitely a cool adventure, um, you know, and, and I, it kind of, I don't know what it is. I really did enjoy kind of just going for it. And my video on YouTube, I said full send, you know, I mean, I did go for yeah. it. I tried as hard as I could, um, you know, from getting out there doing the boat, boat hunt with Kevin's to, um, you know, trucking up further up North in Michigan and hiking in and fishing salmon. Um, and then from there, you know, uh, full send buying the decoys, getting the hotel, all for skunks, skunks all around. But, uh, you know, I did my best to, to put in the work and put out some, you know, some content for the YouTube channel and everything. But, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it just didn't go as planned, I guess, at the end of the day. So how many geese did you see on that pond at first when you decided to go do it? Um, I would say it was probably about 35. So, <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't like absolutely loaded by any stretch of the imagination. But. You're crazy, man. You're crazy. <laughs> 35 geese and you buy decoys and get a hotel room for 35 geese on a pond. 
I mean, yeah. I got I got to give it to you, man. You your full send is right. You're like, screw it. This is all I got. My yeah. best chance. I'm going all out on these suckers. Yeah. I didn't want to say it when you said that because I knew you were going to say 35, not worth it. But first off, I got to say, <laughs> we're not in the central flyway. We don't all got unlimited birds. <laughs> so, yeah. And and my, my early season has been, it's just been, <laughs> I mean, the best definition is just like a failure. It's been, it's been pretty hard. So I saw those 35 yeah. birds and I'm like, you know. Let's do it, you know. I'm going for it. Yeah. I, I hear want, you. You gotta you I gotta do it. Bad. If I if I saw twenty teal on a pond right now, I'd try to hunt it this weekend with yep. what's around here. So I mean I, I totally get what you're saying. It's uh, it's pretty yeah. impressive your drive for it. <laughs> it would have been impressive I don't, if I shot something, maybe. <laughs> well the effort the effort is is certainly impressive for sure. Yeah. A for effort. Yeah, they for effort. So, uh, my second day, um, I got up at like three fifteen, three o'clock, three fifteen on Saturday morning, and this was after the first date night with the wife. So, I had that whole hunt. Didn't I? Didn't hardly get. I didn't get to even take a nap when I got back because it's like I really wanted to get this video out Sunday, and I just had to use that time. And I was like fighting, falling asleep. And I, I just couldn't get a nap. No, maybe I did get like 45 minute nap. I think I got like a 45 minute nap, in. but it's like, okay, now we're going out with friends. And so we went out and did the whole going out thing. And man, I was a trooper through it. And by the end of the night though, I was just like, I mean, we got back by nine o'clock. So it's not like we got back late, but it was like, picked him up at five fifteen, got back at nine and, and it was fun, but I'm like, okay, I'm going out by myself on this next day. And I just, I just had been planning on hunting this Sunday. Saturday was bad. And I'm just, I've got this one spot in mind that I probably hasn't been hunted very much. And it's like, I just got to go. I want to do it. I want to go. I want to do it. So it was, um, about a month ago I had scouted it, which is an old stale scout. I, I, I totally get that for those of you that are thinking that, but, um, one of the reasons I do a lot of scouting and like, early August, middle August is that when I can't scout, then I've seen an area. I've seen whether there are birds there. If the birds are there, I see where they're sitting, which might indicate better food supply. So it's like, I'm not going in totally blind. I've got a mental picture of what I'm doing and where I'm going because water levels fluctuate from year to year. So, um, you know, this is a main Lake and I just, I need to see it. I'm not going to go in blind and try to sit up in the dark, it's going to be very difficult to do if I haven't at some point seen it. And when we were in there last time, it, it, it was like mid August and there was probably 200 teal on these mud flats. And so, but I wasn't sure what the mud was like in those mud flats. Someplace in Kansas, you can get knee deep mud. Sometimes you can get at the worst, you can get thigh deep. Sometimes it's the mud is really, really firm. So I wasn't sure what the mud flats were like in here, but the idea was, to take the, or we have an 18 foot well, well built boat with a 42 horse uh, mud buddy motor. So the idea was to take that boat, put my H12 layout boat on top of it, get in there and try to lay out in the mud flats. And I would never try this for mallards or bigger ducks, but, but teal, you know, I mean, you can get away with a lot with, with teal. They're just, you know, you, you, you can trick them and decoy them in ways you just can't do mallards. So I was just going to lay out in the mud flats and, and see what happened. So 
Now, this is the first I've ta- I've taken the butt out by myself um, quite a bit, but I've never done it in the dark. Before. Well, I'm trying to. I think maybe on a scout I did it. It was somewhat dark, but this was the first like crossing the lake in the dark, just myself, which is a, a different deal. I mean, um, it's a different deal. So I was a little tiny bit nervous about it just because it was I had not done it. But once I got on the water, the the moon was out and everything. And it was just Georgie and I. And I automatically I was like, okay, this is fun. I'm really, really enjoying this. I can see no problem. And I'm just really enjoying this time. So I got out there. The mud was not – it was only like an inch sink in the mud. And so – and there was geese and pelicans, which when I had seen the teal before, there was, there was pelicans in there. Um, and the geese – or the teal were in the same spot. And so the pel- there were still pelicans in the same area, and I was kicking geese out of it. So I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe this will be all right. Um, we'll just see. So I walked around, got set up, ditched the big boat and everything, and and laid there. And I won't go in too far detail on this. I, I got one shot. I had one green wing teal. I was actually talking into the camera about something. And I hear this little – I see something whiz by my left, and I hear a little plop. And I look over, and there's a green wing sitting there. But the way I had my uh, boat set, it was kind of off my back shoulder a little bit. I had my boat just angled for them to sit in a certain area, and they didn't. So I put down the camera, picked up the gun. I had to swivel clear kind of behind my left shoulder, and he took off. Or you know, Some teal would just sit there forever. I was actually going to swat him if I got a chance because I wanted a bird. But um, he took off. I got a shot. That was kind of the highlight of the day. But I actually had about 50 to 75 mallards land about hundred yards behind me, which we don't, we don't have mallards this time of year at all. So it was really strange, but for a long time until I took that shot, they were back there and they weren't quacking, but they were, they were doing a lot of feed. Um, it was really a unusual feed because they were kind of doing the feed call, but it was mixed with a little bit. I'm going to try to replicate it sometime. It was like the Drake quack, except shorter and multiple. So there was a lot of just of that, short, quick Drake quack. And I'd never really heard mileage do that before, but anyway, it was just Georgie and myself and I got to have some coffee and I got on Instagram live and you popped on and we were on Instagram live together. And that was fun. Cause we were both getting skunked and then Josh popped on and he was getting skunked. So it was like a flyways skunk. And I don't know if Josh ended up fully getting skunked or not. I didn't ask him, but that part of it was fun. And, and, um, I busted out of there, did a little more exploring, and I found some areas back in there I knew of, but but um, the water level was low, so I walked back around there. It was beautiful back in there, and and I really enjoyed it. I really felt close to God at one point in time. And when I, when you're solo hunting, that's when I really have spiritual experiences out hunting. When I'm solo, when I'm out solo, and so I was gonna go to church, and I did go to church, but I was mentioning on the video, it's like sometimes when I'm out solo hunting, I feel closer to God than I do in church, which I think is, there's no issue with that. I mean, outdoors is kind of God's sanctuary too. Mm -hmm. So that was really, really enjoyable. I ended up seeing probably eight or nine, 10 teal at the most, which is more than we saw the first day, but it was just a really, really enjoyable hunt. Got back to the parking lot threw on my jeans and shirt and hat, rolled into church with the duck boat <laughs> on the back and and walked right in and sat down and all that and actually fell asleep through the service. But it, it, it was fun. It, it was an enjoyable time. It would have been more enjoyable if I had been shooting ducks, but having little Georgie out. And this is, this is two hunts in a row. I think it's been really good for Georgie because it's been two hunts in a row where um, 
Georgie just sat there and he's like, hey, Georgie, sometimes, man. Sometimes it's how it's going to be. I thought that was really good. Awesome. Yeah, definitely a good lesson to add. <laughs> add on there for the dog. But, um, yeah, like you said, that's definitely a, you know, a good time to be out there. And um, we're hoping for some better days coming. And I think we'll get it. You know, Kansas isn't, uh, isn't lacking for birds too often through the year. So <laughs> now, now you get a little bit of a taste of, uh, you know, what some of us have been suffering. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, that stuff happens. So we've got a cold front coming in. Um, actually, the last day of teal season, there's a cold front coming in the night before the last day. So I'll probably try to do something on that Sunday and hope that more birds get pushed in. This is the hope. And they probably will. They probably will. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, you know, I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up. And, uh, you know, we didn't have exciting tales of glory this weekend but um we definitely both put in put in the effort had a good time and um solo hunts like i said are are still you know they're a little bit more fun when you get the birds but um you know i i definitely enjoy a good solo hunt just me and the dog and i know you're the same way especially hunting with your new dog this year and i think that's going to be a, a lot of fun if you get you know some more opportunities later in the year yeah i love solo hunts and i used to solo hunt a lot in fact there were some years that that's pretty much all i did and so i'm looking forward to doing a few more solo hunts it's just really really enjoyable i just love them so hopefully i can get a few more of those in this year awesome all right folks that's all we got for this week stay tuned some uh brighter days and (laughs) um big duck season on the way so anyways guys i'm jordan Duckin' Chronicles, Elliot Freelance Duck Hunting, and we'll see you guys on the next one.